podcast listeners, welcome. My name is Patrick Zorro, and I'm here with Gabrielle Gwillen. Gabrielle is currently a student, a Master of Sciences in Financial Engineering at uh, Leia University. He's going to tell us a little bit about this background and some of the work that he's been doing over the summer and some of his views from a student perspective as to what uh, AI and data and finance and how this is going to interact in his future. Let us start by welcoming you, Gabriel. So, Gabriel, tell us a little bit about your background and, more importantly, some of the degrees that you have because when I first looked at your um, resume and there was lots of lots of diplomas in there. So let's let's hear about a little bit about that. Okay. Um, yes, I have studied a lot of several things. I have a lot of degree in different fields, like computer engineering, uh, economy, an MBA, public accountant, and now uh, financial in- engineer. That for me was the missing part, the, the only part that I needed to understand about. Economy and this, these topics. So, is is it? Are you? Is there a strategy be, be behind all these degrees? Because you're an MBA and you're a CPA. I mean, in um, I should first of all say that uh, Gabriel is from Argentina, and uh, and he's here on a Fulbright scholarship, which is uh, an achievement on its own uh, merit. Quite frankly, um, so what what is the strategy be, behind it? Um. I am good at learning things without ha- without putting effort on it. I mean, I can read I can read things, and by reading once, it's 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 okay for me. And then, okay, I have transferred a lot of credits among programs. But yeah, the the idea is to learn new things, and yeah, you know a little bit about a lot of topics. So so um, and you're doing a PhD as well on. Um which will be of interest to us uh, uh, and develop part of the program because it's about portfolio optimization. Let's talk a little bit about what the the Fulbright Scholarship, what, what is that exactly? This is, I think it was the first scholarship funded by the U.S. government uh, after the World War II, and it's the most important scholarship that the U.S. That US funded. So... Uh, the U.S. government pays 12 students for every country to study here. They pay you almost everything, like living expenses. So it's very selective for them. Very, to very selective. Just 10 or 12, depending on the population of the countries, to study here. It's like an exchange program. Okay. So glad to have you here. And one of the things that you've done, uh, and as soon as you joined the program, you participated into a competition? Uh, the topic of, of the competition was to predict uh, credit spreads, the difference between r- risk-free investment and riskier ones. So in the competition, you should use like all the information you have, any source, any data, and to use... Uh, the approach that you decide to predict that that movements. So, yes. Yeah, so, the the idea was to 
use like deep learning, machine learning, artificial intelligence, on the classic regression techniques to to predict that. So you have to, you should be able to to understand how it's working and to predict like. So the, how do you the idea is to predict the the credit credit default spread spread? Yeah, right? the movements based on the data you want any data you want yeah yeah you and can you can choose whatever you think that is now obviously credit default swaps are important topic uh, we remember 2008 uh, there's a lot of information where did you get your data from uh in fact a lot of sources i mean the federal reserve at first it was the most important data but we need to focus on in other stocks too like uh, stock from other countries that have relationship with uh, credit spread. So this this information like uh, options, options prices, a lot of stuff. So you you must select a lot of data and to test if they are important or not, and then to do the prediction. And there were others obviously in your group. How was the interaction with the other students? How does that work out? Oh, good. We, we we splitted the work so everyone had a different task to do. In my case, I was to try to predict uh, the spread by using random forest and the other people had different different techniques to try and then we combined all together and made the conclusions. Yes, it was a fun experiment because you can learn a lot by, by trying things in a real environment. Now you brought up uh, random forest. Yes. Have you used it in the past? Was this the first time you used no, this? No, it, uh... it, it was the first time that I I use it. So I have learned about that, but only theoretically, but not using it. So let's talk to us about the forest and the trees. Okay. the The basic idea behind the that that model is to use a lot of uh, decision trees. So. A decision trees is a technique that allows you allow the machine, the computer, to to make to make decision, like branch the decision. Mm -hmm. So, but you have the problem: you can overfeed the tree, so it's not useful to make predictions, and you have bias in the decision that the tree is taking. But if you use a lot of trees, a forest you can reduce reduce your bias and to avoid the problem with the overfeeding. And how, what, what programming language do you use to manage that data? Python. Do you feel that Python is, because obviously this is the language of the moment. Yes, because it has a lot of interesting features and have, uh, it, it, it has a lot of financial libraries and math libraries. So it's really, really easy to, to use it. In fact, uh, for so for those that are not aware of it, Python is actually the program behind Excel. Yeah. Correct. Um, so we are really going beyond Excel. Yeah. So you really have access to that information and you're building your tree and your branches. And uh, wh what other methods did you use uh, besides that one? Yes. I mean, not, not me. me. Oh, the other members. Yeah, of the yeah. Team. The other member has used different met methods. I mean, we have used uh, the LSTM model. It's like even more difficult to explain. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but the the 
two principal. When you say LSTM, you're talking about the long short memory. Yeah, long short, yes. Okay. Long short term memory, yes. Uh, this is even more difficult to explain, but yes, the, the, the idea was to try different approaches to to try to predict the... So it's a little bit like a regression uh, yes. analysis? Really? Yeah, but, but they are more complicated than a simple regression. I mean, you can calculate regression by hand, man. You can not do that with your hand. How much data did you... How many points did you use when uh, looking at the um, credit default swap data? I mean, to give a sense of the big data for people to realize how big the volume... How many sources? Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the amount of rows and columns. And yeah. Um, at the beginning, we had like 100 variables, mm -hmm. but not all of them were way important. So, maybe how, how did you decide which one would be important and which one would not be important? Uh, statistical methods. So, the model basically goes through it and yeah. tests them all, yeah, using you, Python. And yeah. You wrote the program for yeah, it, yeah. You test, you test every not, not every variable, but you test it all together. And then you have what are the most significant and what are not significant. And but it's like sometimes very difficult because you maybe are are removing a variable that is not statistically signif significant. But when you put it with other var variables together, they are significant. So it's more like an art than a science sometimes to to. So people that are familiar with. Um um, random forest and LSTM could understand that, that discussion. But for those that are not familiar, why should they care? Why is it so important for us to put in credit default swaps? Because there are methods that rely in a lot of uh, stochastics uh, methods. So it can help you to handle the uncertainty of the market even if you know how it's working. So you don't, you don't need to understand fully the, the, the market. It's like sometimes like a black box model. Mm -hmm. So you have the general idea, you know how to construct your, your model to your experiment, but you don't know what's happening inside it. So your model. So it's like, it's, it's challenging because it can give you information that you cannot, even think about that. You mean the you didn't realize like one variable was linked to another variable. Yeah. Um, um, but then um, um, why? I I mean you maybe you don't understand why they are related, but the model shows you that information so, that is very valuable. So let's bring up this this, this topic um, as well. If so, you have intuition, and you have regression. Yeah. The thing is, ultimately, which one should we? Because if you if you study it and it works, and you're able to predict, then why do we need the people then? The um, intuition, you know, in the past, you know, because that could be uh, that could we could use this for traders, you know, on the on the, on, on the oil uh, exchanges. What where, where do you see it going? What, what do you think is happening here? Well, I think that it's like a new paradigm. I mean, I mean, we need more people capable to use like advanced technologies, advanced techniques, advanced methods, and not 
not like before, I mean, people are more capable of understanding not only the theoretical thing, but to understand how to how to use the computer to take advantage of of the knowledge. So I think that, that yeah, more we need more prepared people for the that jobs. We'll understand. So basically you're saying that we need problem solvers. Yeah. As a propo- as opposed to doers or fixers, because yeah. um, and that is uh, a theme that comes back uh, often, is that uh, there's so much data out there now. Yeah. Um, you know, where to look. Um, so what was the end result of your analysis? What, what did you come up with? Um, it was difficult because... Even if we have done a good show, this is not easy to predict. I mean, if I could have predicted that, uh, I should have invested in that. Uh, maybe I wouldn't be here. <laughs> but well, you have the, you need the money to invest it. Yeah, yeah, of course, of I need I need the money. But anyways, uh, but it helped me to un- to understand the complexity of of the stock markets, the stock movements, even with the best technique. You can only, you cannot have like 100 accuracy on what you are doing. So, but it's a good way to 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 try in a real environment, in, in a real case. So, I mm. think it was like a good opportunity, a it good was, experience. Okay. Yeah. Would you recommend this to other students? Yes, of course. Yeah, because. Uh, for this kind of competition, you you need a lot of people with different perspectives, different approaches, different ideas, different ways to see the data and to relate variables. So yes, you know, uh, one thing I always uh, uh, bring up is the fact that you know while you're at a university to learn, you do learn a lot more from other students, right? Your network. Yeah. You're building a network of people. You're building a network, I mean, for future jobs, opportunities, obviously, but also from different ways of looking at it because a professor could go so far as showing you what he thinks you should be learning. But then you got to be out there on your own trying to look for ways to, different ways to learn, frankly, as opposed to from someone that already knows the, the, the topic. And then, of course, it builds relationship um, for the future. So... What are you doing right now? What are you working on? Um, I have finished uh, my PhD coursework in my my in my country last last year. So now I am working on my thesis. So the topic of my thesis is like pre- predict stock movements and to do portfolio optimization in volatile markets, like in my case Argentina. Mm-hmm. So I am trying to use different methods not the classic ones to predict that because it's more difficult and the classic methods let's talk about the classic methods yeah like like markowitz Mm -hmm. markowitz model markowitz model maybe works good here in the united states but because this is a very competitive market but in argentina uh, it's really impossible to use it so i am trying to use different methods is it because there's not enough data or is it because it's too volatile? It's too volatile. Okay. So, yes. And people don't have enough information. Uh, there are cost of transactions involved, a lot of things, taxes, 
So it, this is really different. The risk-free rate is just totally different because we don't have a, a risk-free rate. Risk rate <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, we can use the rate from here from United States, but this is not a good model for us. So I am trying to figure out if using different techniques, different methods, I can I have a best a best solution and. For now, I am having good results. So which are some of the techniques that you're using? Uh, Meteoristics models. For example, genetic algorithms. Genetic algorithms. Yes. Okay. So that is based in the idea of the evolution itself. Like how evolution is made, Com like combining genes. So my idea is use for, por for portfolio optimization different kind of, of portfolio and combine it in, in a random way, like in genetics. So th so you're talking about like nat the natural selection? Yeah, natural selection, yes. yeah. So I have a lot of population, let's say population is a possible solution, and you combine them in pairs. So then you have new, new, new solution that survives from, for the next stage. So you are selecting new... And what are you using for that? What, what program? Also... Python. Py Python. Python and R. And R. Yes. So you're actually programming, you're hard coding it. Yes. It's difficult to select your initial population, the number, and how you cross this, your, your population. So I am trying with different sizes. And I am trying with different number of stimulation, like maybe... Uh, 50,000, exactly. 100,000. <laughs> That's big data. Yes, it's yes. definitely big data. Well. But it depends of uh, how I am I am preparing information because the the when you are doing your your program, you have to be aware that your processing has a limit. So if you have a lot of variables or a lot of simulation or a lot of crosses or it's too random, uh, maybe you are wasting your time but so so there is an element of intuition in there right yes. for you to start where you want to start looking yes. you can't just look at every single permutation no, of, of course not so. you you must have an idea to set your initial population and, and you set your experiment the population how you are going to cross the, your portfolios how you are going to evaluate that the portfolio is good or not what indicator are are you going to use and you have to decide that and then run your simulation. And why do you want to do that? Why, why is it of interest? Why is portfolio optimization interesting to you? You can make money. <laughs> and I think that a lot of people are interested on it. And maybe in volatile markets, people don't want to invest them because they think, okay, there is no way to predict that. But Maybe, yes, there are a way to improve your accuracy when you are predicting that. So this is what I'm trying to, to, to do. I mean, have you, were, you, were you doing that when you were in Argentina already? Or is this just the first time you're experimenting with a genetic um, algorithm? I have used genetic algorithms, but for other purposes. Like? Where do you have to put like the Wi-Fi routers in a building, for example? So you have a lot of options, so you can use 
this method to to know. I mean, this 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 method that you're talking about, you know, is from the '60s, right? Yeah, and uh, and it's basically based on Darwin's theory of evolution. Yes. That's interesting. Yeah, but I mean that it makes sense. The nature knows what's doing. I mean, maybe you don't need one to understand, but to replicate the this so experiment. Oh, this is interesting. So basically, you know, nature's is. The natural evolution, it's, it's working since we're still here. Yeah. And it's using that same idea. Yeah. The same method. The same method. Yeah. And um, you're currently doing that. And are you having some successes? And you're still, you're still futzing around? No, no. Um, yeah. I'm being successful now because my, my, my portfolios that I am... Uh, calculating are better than the ones that, uh, for example, the Markowitz method. Uh, it's better. Not much better, yeah. but... But you're able... So when you're saying that, you're able to essentially retrofit it. If you had to use... If you use that methods before, because we know what happened. I mean, you, you're you basically reversing engineering it, right? Yeah. So you got to go back and say, okay, if I had invested, if I used this kind of method before... It works, at least under that environment. Yeah. And what are some of the variables that you found made a bigger difference than others? What are some of the... Is it the rate? Is it the mix of the portfolio? What is it that, that makes a big difference? The mix of the portfolio. Yeah, the Because mix. Because I, I think that... Um, is it a stock portfolio, first of all? or is it? A, sorry? This is a stock portfolio, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's a topper. Is it a you know, large cap, small cap? Is it everything? Is it? Yeah, I am comparing a lot of stocks to and to find the best way to predict it. Our main, in fact, it's based on the 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 Argentinian main stock. It's called Marval. Mm -hmm. So, but you can use it to predict any other stock in in any volatile market. So. Okay, so hopefully you you go back to it and and and, and make, make money, make some money. <laughs> <laughs> now for it's now, it's not at all about making money. No, it's no. about liking the no. process, of course, and um, and and learning new ways and sharing that with other students as well, which is yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, so but the the idea is to is to demonstrate that you can use this method and it's better than the classic one, okay. at least for the volatile markets not much better but as good as so let's broaden the discussion a little bit you're studying in a good university you have a great program the master of science in financial engineering at Lyon. Um you also um, are doing some research question is what do you see the role of data right the role of AI in the future versus the jobs, versus the opportunities, and what you're learning. What, what topic interests you out there that you think that, are we, are we going to be able to manage artificial intelligence, you know, machine learning, deep learning? These are all concepts that are coming through. The problem we have now is that it's not, it's not enough to know theory, and it's not enough to know just how to use the methods. You need to know both. So I have seen a lot of people that they are good 
using programming skills to do you like, doing like uh, deep learning but if you don't have any idea of what they are doing the theory behind that maybe this they are going to fail so i think that the new role of people that want to to work in this this field is to try to know both both uh, what's what's the theory behind what they are doing and how to model it, model it and then to use the machine to to achieve good results to, to achieve mm -hmm. predictions or comprehension about market or whatever yeah so i think that this is now more complex than before because we have more data yeah yeah for for for, for example i I see that with my, with your students, uh, they are very dif different. The people who had a computer background, programming background, and the people who have like an economic background. So this is why it's it's good to combine different points of view. I that uh, I have had different degrees in different fields. I can see it together. I know what I am doing because I know the theory and I know how to do it in the computer. What's the best model? Uh, how to take advantage of the of my processing resources? And which language you like the best? I mean, mm. right now it's Python, but Python and R. I am using Python and, and R. What's the difference? I think that Python is like more conventional and it's more easier to use if you have been programming in other languages. And but if you if your background is from statistics, for example, maybe you will find are easier to use and they they have different libraries and different different things that this is why sometimes i use r and sometimes i use python because i'll tell you what let's uh, let's come back uh, in the end of the summer once you've done uh, some of the work the portfolio optimization to see how you're doing and get some update on some of your findings and get more into uh, the practice behind the theory the theory behind the practice so i want to thank you for uh, participating in this podcast the quant financial engineering podcast and hopefully we hear more from you in the future okay thank you very much thank you very much gabriel